Welcome to The Road Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, roles, high fits, compassion, great passion, fiction, gold, ultimate gold, glory, relentless training, pain, pain. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to our Regatta Madness episode for the Lucerne World Cup, World Cup 2 of the Olympic, Tokyo Olympic year. And we're really excited to, to be bringing you this. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton. And it is Jake Green. And yes, I'm excited to talk about the racing that we saw today. I think a, a real good chapter in the story that's going to be leading to the Tokyo Olympics and um, a lot of talking points. Um, I think it is important to mention that yeah, Lawrence and I really want to get this episode out to you guys before we fly home to South Africa while it's fresh on everyone's mind. So we're currently recording this episode um, with uh, time pressure to get to the airport. So it's probably not going to be just as as the top quality that we usually put out. So, yeah. Jake, this is going to be good content. Good quality, good content. The content's all that they care about. It's all about the banter out yeah. here. So I think it'll be fine. Uh, excuses if I cough like an absolute wild man. It's just because my lungs have been uh, been burned by the racing. And yeah, we'll just yeah. see how, uh, how things go. But, um, yeah, so we're off to the airport, and we've had a banger day of racing, and it's been really, really nice to, to race against the best in the world. But on top of that, this is the racing that everyone has been missing mm. going through the last two years with COVID. You know, we even in those last four, few World Cups, we were saying that the racing is not at the usual standard. Bang, Lucerne yeah. delivers. There was such good racing. If you haven't watched the racing, go out there and watch all the racing. It's so awesome. Such uh quality coming down the track and we will give you the highlights reel and what you really need to go and have a look at um, but first things first jake we're going to shout out to all our patreons you guys have been absolutely yeah. amazing thanks for the support yeah and then the the banter on the, the patreon whatsapp group has been fantastic they've been picking their their choices for the winners over the weekend with many competition to see who got the the best choices out there and shout out to Ivan for Picking, you know, the most accurate results. How did how did she do? Yeah, Evan Collins crushed it, dude. She, I guess, nearly half, just over half the the results right. So an absolute rowing whiz back there and uh, from Ireland. So it's so a big shout out to you. Well done. And yeah, I mean, uh, that's some some serious knowledge. So next time we need someone to jump in. For the James chain. Thompson, if you listen Thompson, to you're this, out. you're out. You're it's out. Goodbye. We're never talking to you again. Also, a big shout out to to Big Joe, um, back in uh, back Lady in South Gray. Africa, yeah, back in the mountains, yeah. um, in the Eastern Cape, with the. the he, he came a close second, a good late rattle to to come in on the on the second half of the day's uh, results. So, uh, good job. And that was a lot of fun. I think our, our, our patrons had a great time uh, going through, guessing the things, and there was good bands on the group whilst everyone was racing. So um, if you're looking for that extra rowing, uh, a little bit of pizzazz, then head over to our Patreon, give us the support that we want, and I'm sure we will not disappoint. Mm. Um, other talking points for today, I think the weather was really up and down. Yeah, so, I think this is the most unpredictable and inconsistent that the weather's ever been at an overseas regatta for me. Or at the ROTC, actually. It was, it, it changed 
so you know it, for the men's for example i had watched lawrence get on the water sunshine the conditions were pretty good by the time Lawrence was warming up it just started pissing with rain and the wind came out nowhere it dropped a couple degrees temperature wise yeah because it's been snowing the whole week on the mountains around yeah. so like as soon as the wind comes up it gets freezing and then we're getting wet and rain on so our warm-up was not ideal um but we still managed to make it work for us so yeah. you just got to kind of deal with it as you go yeah so i mean the weather's been super unpredictable so i mean if we look at our, our prognostic sheet with the percentages the time of day it's not like it's not necessarily that the weather got worse <coughs> throughout the day it's more that um actually from you know half an hour to half an hour the conditions were changing so it actually was all over the place but the racing, however, to this weekend was really good. I think, you know, the the standard, like Lawrence mentioned earlier, the standard of racing was definitely right up there. And we're starting to see that preparation that crews have been putting in for Tokyo because um, I think, you know, the, the, the times, even in the slow conditions, were really fast. And I think if you looked at the crews, really tight finishes, I always know that um, people are on really good neck when you can you can see physically that people are putting themselves to the limit. And that only really happens when you are in fantastic condition when you can go that extra mile and scrape the cookie jar all the way down. Definitely big, uh, good, good points there, Jake. And then for the other thing that we have to speak about before we go into talking about individual events is that how COVID affected the regatta. So... Uh, I mean, we just to get into the regatta, you had to do the COVID test. So it was really, really big and, and important to, to get the, the COVID stuff done and be, be COVID-wise and safe on the travel here and the journey here because we saw the Dutch team take a huge knock this weekend and it wasn't even COVID. They had a few guys that went down with like a cold or flu and then that, because of COVID, they had to stay out the boats. Then they had to go and get COVID tests. So they missed the heats. Then they went into the rip. So, like, we saw the eight didn't race the preliminary race because they were on uh, COVID watch, as we could, we could call it that. And then having to come back in into the final, the men's, uh, their first four also had to go in. And then they had someone that was six, so they had to go uh, get a substitution into the boat. We saw the lightweight women's double getting ready to race. Um, Marika and uh, Ilza Paulus just getting ready to race, weighing in their boats the one day, then the next day the, the results come out and the results are not there. So there was huge havoc that that played, and I definitely think we'll see a different Dutch team arrive at the yeah, Tokyo sure. Games, but the COVID thing is very real for these sporting events. So if you're not kind of on the pool yeah. and, and kind of putting all your ducks in a row with it, it's definitely going to play havoc with a, a it, lot of people's it, teams. It does, and it's like you just said that it's not necessarily if you have COVID or don't have COVID. It's if you have anything that you have a cold, a mouth flu, any sort of symptom, it really puts you in the worst position because you have to you have to treat it like it's COVID, and that puts a huge uh, impact on on the on your racing and your preparation. And then again, also for late qualification, the Swiss women's squad didn't couldn't uh, got a qualification because of a of a, a covid um a covid mishap so yeah it's it's a big it's a it made a it, its impact was felt at the course i mean the, the we've had flipping three covid tests while mm. we've been here and we haven't even got back to south africa yet and you know the course is really strict with uh, masks and stuff um but i feel like that's a good thing though because, no, sure. because of the detrimental effects that it can have you, the, the the regatta needs to have it pretty much under wraps and the last thing before we get going is we're going to talk a lot about the percentages, a lot about the times. That's what we do is we make a spreadsheet 
with everyone's racing times, uh, all the A finals, and we work that off the world based time and give you a percentage. And then that's what we use to discuss which uh, events are performing really well, which events are going closer to their world based time. Then we can also look at it compared to the uh, time of day and see which uh, time of day was a bit quicker. So it's really, really interesting. And we also offer that to our Patreon. So if you're on the Patreon uh, um, group, you will be able to get that info and we'll share it with you. And yeah, so go ahead over there. Then let's get into some let's racing. Let's get Jake. into the racing. What is your best race of the day? Which one are you going back to Holy watch? shit. There are so many good picks out there. Um, and you know, I I feel like we got to, I know we have to, have to pick one here, but they, there was one race that was ridiculously tight. It gave me the goosebump from the Rio Skulls race and that, that was the men's eight. But I don't think that's my race of the day. Yeah, how can you pick a race that only had three boats? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, it was really close finish, but it only had three boats. And we still, it's, I mean, for men's age, I mean, like, you're, you're missing a lot of people there. And the Dutch were all formed. What too. was so cool about it is that you only had these three entries, and then it still delivered huge yeah. punch when it came down to uh, enjoyability or, or watchability. So that's definitely one to go look at if, you, if you're in the, in the thing. Yeah, and then. Um, I think the, the the men's double skulls would be the race of the day for me because of you know how how tight the racing was and just the level of performance from first place all the way to sixth place in the field. It was really really good. It was really really competitive, and I thought the, there was a, a massive switch up in placements. I, France such a dominant performance to. Um, you know, when European champs, they came sixth. Yes, but they came sixth, but they're only like a fraction off. They're so only a fraction so off the pace. It's, it's sixth, but it's with a big pinch of salt because oh, and then, just a little bit more into it and they, they're going to make it uh, back into the, the front of the group. And then Poland, who had such a good performance in um, Croatia at the first World Cup, they were in the B final. So, I mean, they didn't even make the cut for the A final. And then Ireland, terrible European champs, they had an absolute blinder of a race to just get the second behind the the big dogs in this event china who is so good to see back um at a world running event not as dominant as they were at world champs um but this this uh, the also reason i like this race is because i think this is going to be the field we're going to be seeing at the olympics you're not mm. missing anyone and for me men's double was the race of the day yeah so for me i'm going to stick on the doubles and i'm going to go lightweight men's double because the lightweight men's double was a hum of a race. First of all, I always enjoy watching Ireland come down the track. They are savages. Yeah, they, they that's are the savage. only word to describe the way they come down the track. You know, we were sitting because we had just come off our race and we were sitting on that on the, in the boat park and we were looking and we watched them come through the halfway mark and I thought and I saw Islanders up at the halfway. So I thought if you if, you, if Ireland is leading at halfway, they're winning the race. There's no one is touching them in the second half of the race. And then when I watched the racing video, it's just like savage yeah. the way they just kill that boat i mean there's so much power going in there you know and even around the the boat park is it gary paul it's paul paul so paul donovan um i mean it does not look like a light red or he's got the legs, legs. of a heavyweight yeah. i was yeah I was, I was saying even for tan as well they 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 the heavyweight legs on a lightweight frame and i think the way they rode the, the you know when you look at visually the way they send that thing with so much force connection through the back end it's so impressive and again their racing style it's so reminiscent of the 
the, of the QE pair. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not that fast out the blocks, but you can tell this crew is so confident with their ability. They just hit that tempo, they hit that steam train uh, rhythm, and they just demolish the field through the middle. And it's a dominating performance. The only other performance I think that was more dominating of the day was probably in the women's double. But the lightweight men's double was really impressive. And yeah. it's great and to see Norway back and in the an, podium. And another one is like, it's not that many people missing out of this event as well. Yeah. Really stacked field. And in the race, so I, the reason I actually chose it is, first of all, I like watching the Irish. And then second of all, I really enjoyed the race for second was ridiculous. Second and third was so tight between Norway, Germany, Italy, it was just thug. I mean, they were flat out at the end of the race. So I enjoyed that. I think that's that's my number one pick of, uh, of the day. Then going on, let's go on the sheet, Jake. So the number one performer of the day was men's eight. Men's eight. And I mean, you we already discussed how thug it is that a crew can come from second, uh, from, uh, an entry uh, in an event can only have two entries and then, or three entries and still produce the, the results like that. Yeah. What I'm really interested to hear what you have to say is, what do you think? Do you think the Dutch will just had a wobbly week with all the drama that they had and the team stuff that they, they had to struggle with? And where do you think USA is coming into the picture? And where do you think New Zealand is coming into the picture? I think the Dutch had a, the, the, the wobbly had a huge impact on the Dutch, but I still don't think that the positions would necessarily change in the finishing order. I think it would be still be really close, but I think it would still have been GB first, Germany second, Dutch with the bronze medal. I, I don't. I, I feel really difficult to say anything on the USA men's eight because I I, that's, I probably have the least amount of knowledge on that crew in this event. Um, but I think the men's the men's eight from the USA is is another one of those things where they've got the culture and the pedigree in that event. So I don't I don't think they'll be up in the front contesting for food, but maybe they can they'll be in the in the hunt there for that bronze medal. And then New Zealand for me is the ultimate wild card crew. They they had a good performance at final qualifications. They have the big names. Their crew in the past has has shown signs of brilliance. Um, but the question is do they have what it takes to knock either GB or Germany off those top two spots? And I do not know the answer. I want to say yes but I also, I feel like I have a bit of bias towards the fact that maybe because Hamish is in that boat, because they put the the, the pair of Brake and Murray into yeah. that boat, they loaded up, maybe that's a bit of bias on the names in the crew and not necessarily on what the crew can do. So either way, it's going to be exciting stuff going forward. But yeah, I mean, that's it's such a, it's a cracker. And then the two road boats that actually race, Germany and GB. Yes. What the hell, that thing was... I mean, we look now, the furthest anyone was up was Germany got to 0.4 of a second up at the start. It was the first anyone got away from each other. And it, and the lead changed multiple times. And, I mean, I think that was super class from both crews. And I think there's still more room. That's why I think they're going to be very dangerous by come Tokyo because this was a good race. Fire them up for each other. Mm. But GB rowing with a spare in the boat, uh, the one guy that yeah. missed the qualification in the pair went into the eight. And Germany coming off a terrible start to the season. Yeah. They came fourth at uh, Euros. And now coming, managing to come back and, and deliver stuff like that. And so, you know what makes this even more spicy is the fact that the you know the, the coaches, the coaching staff from Germany and GB have changed. You know? yeah. um, we've lost um, oh, just uh, Jürgen Krobler. Jürgen Krobler from the GB program. He's gone. Christian Falkal, who was a coach in the GB program, is now 
coaching in Germany. He's a new coach of the men's age in the GB program. Yeah, um, it's very so spicy. It's super it's spicy. spicy. Okay. And, but GB and Germany, though, they've got the raw rivalry at the Olympics. Think yes. about Rio and London, yeah. too. And they both have a like, huge pedigree on being able to perform under in the eight under that kind of pressure. Yeah. The other countries, it's all kind of new for them. So uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Okay, Jake, moving on. Men's pair. Men's pair. You had a pretty decent weekend of racing. Yeah. And you hadn't been, you've been on tour a long time with us. Yeah. And I mean, there for the, the late qualification and now they're not racing and then coming into the racing this week. Must be nice to get back in the boat. Nice to just have some racing and. How did your your week of racing go? Yeah, so our weekend of racing was too bad. We were quite we were so chuffed to get finally get some racing under the belt. Um, we were a little bit disappointed we didn't manage to to crack it into the A final, but you know, um, you know we had, we that's how it is. And uh, yeah, we we had a good good outing there um, in the B final of uh, of the main pair. But I mean, like the men's pair field, yes, it's really competitive, and I think some really really good uh, really good rowing and. You know, Serbia, I thought, were, they showed it in the heats. They were kind of in a league of their own. They really had a good heat, heat throw. And, like, I feel like in the final, um, I, I don't think we'd say they were as dominant as some of the other crews on the weekend. But they, they do look like they, they're yeah, rowing. They took the race. They did take, they, it looked like they were just in control of the race the whole way down. Yeah, so I chatted to them a bit, the Serbians. They have a new coach, uh, Nikolai Stojic, which is actually quite a legend when it comes to Serbian rowing. And he raced basically from like 92 to like 2015, 2014 somewhere. And uh, I raced him many times in the pair. And you know, I mean, absolute legend. He has many medals and, uh, and results. So they said that that's been going really, really well. So let's see how if they can translate that speed to, to Tokyo. And yeah. there's also quite a few people missing in the, in the pairs that we're still going to be excited to, to see come on the track. So you got um, Croatians, Can Canadians, Australians, and the new New Zealand yeah. pair. So very very interesting, and I think um, it's going to be one to it's watch. It's going to be very yeah, and I think you know the Croatians they've been dominating this event, but I mean, I looked at their race in Europeans, and like the Croatians, the times at the end were pretty close, um, even though the Croatians were really dominant in the middle part of the race. So I I'm interested to see if the the field is catching up to the lead that the Croatians have, and if Rio's uh, Tokyo is going to be as straightforward as the Croatians hope it's going to be. Mm. And I thought on top of that, I thought Italy. They had a, a kind of mixed weekend. And yeah. some crews that I feel like none of their crews really performed the way they were earlier in the season or, you know, like and Italy often wants to, to do big performances under pressure. So I think maybe they came to the Shugata a little battered from training. And I think yeah. we will definitely see a bit more from them come Tokyo. I think I wouldn't take uh, take all the results from the Italian team with a bit of Yeah, and I think the Italians are the racing snakes. I think mm -hmm. they're the racing demons. Um, you know, we've raced them a lot in the past and we have a lot of, we, you know, lots of respect for them out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how they stack up in Tokyo because they actually probably have one of the larger, you know, they have one of the larger teams going to Tokyo and they're a big part of, of the rowing world. So it's going to be yeah. awesome to see what they can produce in Tokyo. Then going on to lighted women's double. Banger you know, race. Banger race is always, I mean, you can always depend on this event. That what does the, the sheet say? The sheet says that uh, they did end up quite, they came fourth in the sheet. Sure. And low they, down. they low down, but sure. they raced at a slowish, I mean, I know they, the times were inconsistent, but they raced at the slowish part of the day. So I think they, 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 they the percentage was still pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, we can, we can depend on the lightweight women's double yeah. always. But for once, I didn't think it was 
as you know, it didn't wasn't the the blue ribbon event. What I was th- what I was thinking about about that is they not because remember they didn't have a uh, they only had six entries. So what I was thinking about though is the qualification for the larger women's double has been so outrageous because they cut the number of spots at world champs down. Mm. So there was only seven spots there, and then only three spots at like qualifying. qualifying with one continental. And there were so many continental spots, and the continental spots are often for to help increase the diversity and the inclusion part of the Olympic Games. So a lot of the main big countries can't go uh, that easily to the continentals and qualify. Mm. So I thought that like it's quite interesting because it's become an event now that is almost as difficult to qualify for as it is to win. Like once you qualify for this event, your chance of meddling and performing goes up substantially because you cut out a huge chunk of the field. Yeah, and I think this event is, I mean, the, 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 the order of placing, we keep talking about it, but it changed up again. I mean, GB went away with the, the win in the Lightweight Women's Double. The big names that we expect, they, they weren't there. Romania, they've been a stalwart in this class for a while. And then France again, another quality crew coming away with the bronze. And it's like, it's ridiculous. Every single time they race, there's someone different coming out I'm top. so upset that the Dutch didn't race. I was, looking, I was really looking forward to, I was really looking forward to them coming down the track. So uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what happens there. Yeah, for sure. Um and then, yeah, I mean, like moving moving forward, I, I wanted to to mention that you know in the uh, it was good to see in the women's quad, um, the the Chinese another dominant. There were a few dominant performances in the day. Women's Chinese boat had such a uh, a dominant performance in the women's quad, and like I don't know, I, I enjoy seeing the the Chinese at these regattas, and I'm glad they. I feel like they now in these recent last couple of years are spending more time overseas. Maybe it's just because you know I've only been around while they've been coming over. But it's good to see them um, play some bigger part in the in the rowing world because, like we were talking about diversity, you know, China's come from a completely different culture of rowing, you know, and it's great to see their representation here on the weekend, especially doing well in in, in boat classes. Yeah, especially on the women's side, they're definitely having a lot better. Although they still won the men's double, though. So they the win the men's events, double. I would say sculling events, they're really starting. They're really, they've like good control and domination there, but they, they always struggle a little bit on the sweep stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, they also, uh, their uh, women's four was really fast through final qualifiers. Sadly, they weren't sure. So was the women's eight. And I think they like, uh, yeah, the women's eight and the women's four also some good crews to watch out for. So let's go on to, let's go on to women's single. Women's single. That was spicy. I mean, look, the Russian Russian winning by so far for it's, me is suspicious. It's super suspicious. This is someone who's not really got any other results. When you look back, yeah, she got some bad results in the quad uh, in 2019, and then comes out and manages to to do that, put that much damage into a field of Obsessive. seriously elite scholars. Yeah, I find pretty suspicious i know i, I agree we, with you and i think it is it's i mean out here i think it is fair to call it what i mean as suspicious as because i'm i'm sure there are a lot of people out there and like obviously we you know especially from got, a country that was that banned was, from the yeah. olympics so i don't know i just there's so many red flags you know it's uh, not i'm not saying it's impossible no but i'm just saying that it's there's a lot of red flags and it isn't it isn't nice to talk about it because like i don't like talking about um these these sort of controversial topics i always want to speak about good performances and, and athletes going out there and get the good performance but i mean she is from russia and unfortunately russia does have this reputation of um of uh, the you know state-sponsored uh, doping 
and just the doping in general. So we'll see. We'll see what's going forward. And I think the fact that she, if she was in another event, it would be a little bit better. But because she's in a field that has veterans that have been and the race figure was crazy it yeah. was ridiculous uh sunita and Coca-Cola were trading positions the whole way down the track it was absolutely flat out to the line vicky thorny just falling off the pace kind of in the second half of the race but still big possibilities and for her to come into the the mix and Lobnik, Lobnik coming up, uh, up the field a lot, too. So I think it was this this really good racing and there. And Twig watching that from a distance is going to be uh, itchy to get going. It's not an event you want to wanna be watching from a distance yeah. and, and wait for. But I think just on Lobnik, it's actually fantastic to see her returning to um, good form on the weekend with that result because she has been struggling with um, sickness and illness um, previously in the season. I, I'm not 100% sure. I think it was COVID. But it's just good to see her return, an athlete that's got a big name in the women's single and mm. come out with a good performance. So, good stuff there. And not that many people missing in that event. No. So, that's going to be definitely a big one to watch. Men's single? Jump straight across. Just Men's jump single. straight across. Go into it. Oli is continuing now to solidify his place at the top of the single skulls. I think he's got it waxed now. In the skulls. He looked good today. He looked really very good. good. Although he did get, he is under pressure. It's not like no, he's just cruising that thing easily, but he's looking very sick. good. His, his rowing, I mean, if you compare his rowing now to his rowing two years ago, three years ago, he's a different animal. So yeah. I think if he gets flat water like this, he's going to be really, really hard to beat because he's like, when you watch him, he just sees like that metronome machine. Mm. He knows what he needs to do and he's just clinical deliver, deliver, deliver. And everyone else is like having to to reach into the emotional bank to to produce a performance yeah. to come near him. And I think we've got three big names now on the men's single skulls. And so only, three. I think we've got a couple. No, more. we've got a, obviously <laughs> we have a couple more big names. But when I'm I'm talking about the podium and the performance that have been happening in the last three years, you have Oli, who is now I think the favourite to win the gold in Tokyo. But then you have um, Chetel and Sferi that are just behind him. And both those scholars are such, you know, high performance. Yeah. And they had a cracker race. Chetel. The race against each other yeah. is what brought them up onto Oli yeah. as well. So I think that's... Is going to that's be what Oli has to be careful of, yes. is the race that happens behind him. Yes. Because um, that, sometimes that can, like, almost slingshot a crew into the medal hunt. And it's it's not pleasant, especially... Of, you. I mean, racing from the front is the preferred way to race. But oftentimes, like, let's say you get in front and you're in control, it's it's not easy to suddenly switch gears because that switch gears into a bit of desperation if another crew catches you and you under pressure, one or two yeah, crews. They have the momentum. And any event where that could happen, it's definitely, you know, in, in this event. But I think another big talking point about the men's single skulls, it's not necessarily about who's winning the race, it's what's developing in the Lithuanian camp. Yes, that was tight. So there was this race between uh, Grisconis and uh, Solius Ritter the whole weekend. And, and I mean, well, it's been the whole season. And uh, Ritter got the one-up last regatta. And then apparently this was do or die. Uh, whoever wins the regatta kind of takes it. Uh, the, apparently there's a few politics and what not to get through. But that was it. And it literally looked like Grisconis didn't give a shit about the rest of the race. It didn't matter if he finished fifth this. as long as he was beating uh, Ritter. It was all in. And he cashed chips through the yes. freaking second 500 and third 500 to to get up and and move uh, his wheels came off quite a bit at Big the end time. but his last 500 you could tell he was on so much pressure i think he must be six or six six or seven seconds up on the ritter at the 1500 and he only beats him at the end by a second and a half so you can tell he 
he was under pressure. But this guy has shown uh, in the past <coughs> that he does have that ability to rock up on race day and give a performance, if albeit being a little bit inconsistent. Now, they each have a win, and they're both parts. They're both in the A final boxing there. Surely it makes sense. Put them in back in the double and go again for the double. Like these guys are silver medalists in the double. Yeah, from Rio and I, I don't know. It's it is weird, and um, I don't know. It's it's just something that you know. It's a bit of puzzlement when you look at it from yeah. the outside going in. I'm sure they, there's there must be some something bigger at play there. It's definitely the the crew that's or one of them that we need to get on the road show uh, towards the second half of the year because we need to know what the hell's going on in that camp because I think just... it is disappointing to see that Ritter and Griscon something double because if I think back to to Rio, there was such a good comp- uh, combination together yeah. and you know they they did such good stuff and in the, in this they actually were pretty close to sync which was at the end of that race yeah and you know this is a new olympic chapter maybe that double combination they've tried, like they've always tried the quad then they go back to skull the, always go back to yeah. skull and then why not just commit to the, commit to the double but you know it is what it is we'll see what happens in i think in we'll Tokyo. see it'll be very clear by the last world cup what they're doing i think then we'll get the, the taste so that's yeah. kind of everything I want to chat about. Oh, we can chat around the men's four. The though. men's four. We can't forget about that. Lawrence coming away with a, a, a fantastic silver medal. It's been a good uh, yeah. two weekends for you. Eh? I'm freaking chuffed, man. I'm really happy. That was epic. That was such a good dice for us to track. <laughs> and, you know, I have freaking power of fourth place. I was that just list, uh, about to say that Lawrence... Oh, king of fourth places, yeah. Dude, if you look at his results, Lawrence has had roots and actually the most disgustingly tight races because, I mean, in 2017, we raced in the fall. We literally missed out on the on the, on the the medals by a ball hair. Lawrence, 2016, the year of uh, yeah. won his medal at the Games, missed out by a ball hair. And then, like, lots of, like, a finals at the at, at thing and it's just like I've just never managed to just put that last bit on. Uh, I feel like the icing on the cake is that you've actually been here last time. You've been here final qualifications. You didn't make it. You've been here and you haven't won at the World Cup. And this yeah. weekend you did both, which is so, fantastic. Yeah, so it was a really awesome tour for us. It's been a long tour, I must say. You know, two two it's two weeks where we taper big time for the the late qualification to really get that going and uh, and come away with the the win there. But that was stress on a whole nother level when i went into this weekend's racing it was carefree just deliver whatever we got and, and see what's what's happening it was really nice to to do that kind of racing again and really nice to see that we we up there in the mix so yeah, no, it is good to see and the british were bloody yeah, the british bloody were, classy. were real classy out there I, I feel like it's um it is it's tough like obviously you know we try to stay impartial as impartial as we can on the road show um but you know, as South Africans, it was great to see Lawrence out there. But, I mean, Lawrence, I'm sure Lawrence can agree with me. The GB, they did set a really good standard in the men's fall. Mm. And, you know, I think they are going to be a, the crew to beat going into Tokyo. Yeah. And we're still missing USA, New Zealand, and Canada. So, I mean, not uh, USA, Australia and Canada. And Canada, yeah. So, and to see where the Australians, I mean, I know they didn't have the best world champs 2019, but these guys are, mult, are world champions all other years. They're and they race like absolute savages. So I think it's uh, it's going to be good to to oh, there will be a, definitely be a big crew and Canada after qualifying also going to go back hungry and USA we never know what the hell they're going to dish up so yeah it's uh, it's definitely looking pretty hot for the Olympic Games I must say that uh, things are going to be very spicy there and I hope that you guys have enjoyed the regatta madness from today a little bit shorter but obviously we've got uh, time pressure we're leaving the hotel in 
few minutes time so i still yeah, gotta I'm just not make sure that this, <laughs> this i've got to put this up guys i'm really sorry if the volume and the sound has been a bit funky and i hope we haven't damaged any of your ear your precious eardrums and if we did we don't want to hear about it yeah keep your comments to yourself <laughs> <laughs> no we're joking always give us the feedback tell us what your race of the the regatta was and i really hope you enjoy it and uh, we'll have Noel Donaldson part two is coming out uh, for the patrons this week and Noel Donaldson part one will come out on the free feed uh, later in this week. So guys, keep an eye out for that. And thanks so much for, for listening to the show, share it, tell your mates about it. And that's it from us. That's it from us guys. Lovely weekend. Um, enjoy, enjoy the episode. We've got a plane to catch. We've got a plane. Next time we'll see you in uh, South Africa. Yeah. Sweet guys. Cheers guys. Oh, and excuse, <clears throat> excuse all my coughing. The racing lung. Got the racing lung. It burns a little bit here up in uh, dry Switzerland. Cool, guys. We're out. Cheers. Ciao. Oh, dude, the racing lung. It's bad. I believe it. I'm going to try hard not to cough in the thing, but we'll see how well that goes. You ready to go? I'm ready. <laughs>